If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I'm Joe, an old elk hunter from the beautiful mountains of North Carolina. With a sturdy build and a weathered face, I've spent my life navigating the rugged terrains and honing my skills as a hunter. Despite my age, my passion for the chase still burns brightly within me, and I'm always ready for the next thrilling adventure. One fateful day I received a call from a group of experienced hunters who sought my aid. They had heard tales of a dense forest with an eerie reputation, and they yearned to test their mettle in its treacherous depths. 
Intrigued by their request, I agreed to join their expedition, eager to witness firsthand the mysteries that shrouded those woods. As we arrived at the outskirts of the forest, I studied my companions. Each hunter was a seasoned individual adorned in camouflaged attire and armed with high-powered rifles. They were determined, but I could sense the unease in their eyes, mirroring the stories that had reached their ears. We set up camp near a babbling brook surrounded by towering trees that seemed to whisper secrets to one another. The air was heavy with anticipation as we prepared for the hunt. Tension clung to our every move, amplified by the fading sunlight and the encroaching darkness. Nightfall arrived, casting an ominous blanket over the forest. Unnerving stillness settled in, broken only by the crackle of the campfire. It was then that we first heard it, a faint whisper carried on the wind like a haunting melody that sent shivers down our spines. We exchanged nervous glances, trying to decipher the source of the unsettling sound but the whispers were merely the prelude to a more sinister symphony. Chilling laughter erupted from the depths of the woods, echoing through the night. Its haunting resonance was unlike anything I had ever heard, evoking primal fear deep within my soul. We huddled closer, seeking solace in each other's presence, knowing that our surroundings held more than just stories. From that moment on, the forest seemed to take on a life of its own, our footsteps faltered, our senses dulled as if the very essence of the woods toyed with our perception. Our campfire, once a beacon of warmth, flickered with an eerie glow, casting elongated shadows that danced with malevolence. As the night wore on, confusion gnawed at us. Our surroundings shifted and twisted, leading us deeper into the labyrinth of the haunted woods. Panic clawed at our hearts while an unseen force tightened its grip around our senses. We became lost souls, trapped within a realm where reality blurred with nightmares. One by one, my companions fell victim to the unknown predator that stalked us. It was not the legendary Bigfoot we had heard tales of, but something taller, angrier, and more vengeful. With each attack, our numbers dwindled. Until only I remained, the last survivor burdened with the weight of their deaths. Determined to avenge my fallen comrades, I took aim and fired, hitting the creature square in the eyes. Blinded and disoriented, it stumbled, its roars of fury echoing through the forest. Seizing the opportunity, I lunged forward, delivering a powerful blow that rendered it unconscious. With the predator subdued, I knew my ordeal was far from over. I contacted the local park ranger, eager to report my hard-earned trophy. However, as I awaited their arrival... Two mysterious men in black suits appeared before me. Their demeanor exuded authority, and their eyes bore the weight of secrets unknown. They contained the unconscious predator, their swift and efficient movements betraying a level of expertise beyond comprehension. Their words sent a chill down my spine as they spoke with a commanding tone. Joe, one of the men said, his voice laced with a hint of warning. What you have encountered here is far more than a single predator. There are five hundred of them lurking within these woods, creatures that defy explanation. I stared at them, my heart pounding in my chest. The magnitude of their revelation was staggering. Who are you? I managed to ask, my voice barely a whisper. The other man stepped forward, his gaze unwavering. 
We are part of a covert organization tasked with containing and studying these anomalies. They are not like anything you've ever encountered before. Their existence must remain a secret, Joe. The world is not ready to face this truth. A mix of fear and curiosity washed over me as I absorbed their words. I realized that my survival had been more than luck. It had been a test, a trial by fire to assess my worthiness of bearing witness to their secret. The weight of their warning settled upon my shoulders, pressing me into silence. The men in black exchanged a knowing glance before disappearing into the depths of the forest, predator in tow. As they faded from sight, the chilling breeze rustled the leaves, whispering a reminder of the horrors that lurked within. As a native Floridian and avid hunter growing up, I've seen and have heard lots of things in the woods around our great state. Some things were easy to understand, and some things were just not explainable. Anyway, this is mine, my mother's story. I had her proofread this before sending it to make sure I remember this correctly. It's the fall of 1976, and I was five years old. My mom and I lived in Kathleen, Florida, on the edge of the green swamp. Back then, it was a dirt road, and there were only a couple of houses on the road and a relatively new trailer park at the end of the road. We had to drive a little less than half a mile back down our trail of a driveway to get to our home. It was an old wood frame home that was over 100 years old. We had an artesian well pump in the kitchen and for the first few months we lived there, we had to heat the water on the gas stove to have hot bath water. This was an old cracker house on blocks and had a front porch that I used to play under all the time. The roof of the porch was on a pitch, and the edge was over the wooden stairs. It measured seven foot six from the ground to the roof line, so it was nearly dusk when my mom and I were coming down the drive in her VW bus. She had lights on high to spot any deer that might be on the property. As we rounded the curve in the driveway and the lights shined on the house, that's when we both saw it, and it was big and broad and looking directly at our car. Now I'm not going to tell you it had big red eyes. The eye shine that I saw for only a split second was golden. It turned and walked down the side of the house between the cow pasture fence and the house. My mom hit the gas and went around the great oak tree that was at the corner of the porch. She got around the side of the house and we saw nothing. She grabbed a .38 revolver and jumped out of the car telling me to lock the doors. Little good that would have done looking back. So, with the car off headlights shining and my mom at our fence line, she stood and stayed quiet. Our hunting dogs that were in their kennels were whimpering. They normally barked at anything when we came home. Not this night. We were scared. There's more to the story. Next day, we looked for prints. The porch and the oak tree size is relevant because it's what we use to size up our guest. The creature was standing next to our porch, and his head was just under the edge of the roof, seven foot six at the edge of the overhang. So now, being older and having a firm grasp on measurement, I'm guessing this thing was seven feet tall. It was nearly as thick or wide as the great oak tree, based on what our landlord later told us. It was about ninety years old. We had cows and hunting dogs. We even had a calf that was about 400 pounds or so that I would hand feed and hand bottle fed because his mother died shortly after birthing. Anyway, my mom was calling the calf to get him to come to the fence. It wouldn't come. She called again. Nothing. Silence. 
All of a sudden we heard the most god-awful scream from what we thought was that calf. And then nothing. So this whole time I'm in the car. The door is locked and the windows cracked so I could hear. My mom ran back to the car. I opened her door and she backed us out of there quick and went to her girlfriend's house who lived about a half hour away. Mom was rattled. She talked the whole way. Did you see it? Yes, Mama. I saw it. It was big and hairy. Did you hear the calf? She asked. Mom, I did. You think it's dead, Mama? Do you smell it? She slammed on the brakes and nearly put me in the dash. You could smell it, too. Yes, it stunk bad. Worse than the dogs. We got to my mom's friend's house, and she got on the phone with Mr. Goldsby. He was the landlord. She nervously told him what happened. She nearly dropped the phone. He said it was a skunk ape. It's been around for years. Damn thing stinks, too. The next day we went home and met with Mr. Goldsby. He came to the house to see if we could find anything. We found footprints right by the porch where it stood when we saw it. We measured them, and they were just over 15 inches long. Several tracks led to the fence. These tracks had nearly a 60-inch stride in between. Mom and Mr. Goldsby went into the cow pasture. She wouldn't let me come because there was a lot of dog fennel growing all around in some palmetto patches. They found the calf. It was dead, and his neck and head had been pulled up and backward to where his spine was pulled up past his shoulders and broken. Mom said there was very blood around. My mom asked Mr. Goldsby why he didn't tell us about this before. He simply said he was so used to it coming around and not bothering anything that he didn't think he needed to. We moved two weeks later. Last summer, I had been sitting under a railroad bridge where a creek surrounded by woods was easily accessible. As I was sitting on this creek, I began to hear what I thought was a cat coming from the left of where I sat. I am a huge cat person, and I love animals so naturally I made my way over there to check if something was there. There was nothing, so I just made my way back to the area I put my stuff at and sat back down. However, the noises continued and were actually louder this time. I looked around and made eye contact with a strange-looking deer. I see deer all the time. My rural town is quiet enough for deer to not bat an eye at crossing close to houses or facilities. This deer looked so weird, though. It was a darker color. It sounded like it had something in its nose. It made some kind of ticking sound, so that is why I assumed something was in its nose. I don't even know how to describe its face. It looked warped, and its eyes were almost human-like, but it looked like a malformed deer, so it made me very uncomfortable. When I got up to get a closer look, it ran. I tried following it, but it had just disappeared. The direction it went in lead to an open field, so I would have seen it. I'm not entirely new to strange happenings or stories like this, as my town has its own urban legend attached to it. Was this some deer with cute or something? I am a butt of a skeptic myself to things like this, which is why I am so interested in them. I've been working as a park ranger for over a decade now, and I thought I'd seen everything there was to see in the forest. But in recent weeks, I'd been hearing rumors of strange occurrences in the woods. 
People were reporting sightings of a mysterious Native American woman who appeared and disappeared at will. At first, I didn't think much of it. It was probably just a hoax or a figment of people's imaginations. But then, I started to see her myself. She would appear out of nowhere, standing in the middle of the trail or watching me from behind a tree. And then, just as quickly as she had appeared, she would vanish into thin air. I knew I had to investigate this strange occurrence, so I began to dig into the history of the forest. It didn't take me long to find out that the woman was a spirit who had been haunting the forest for centuries. Legend had it that she was a Native American woman who had been killed by early settlers who were trying to claim the land as their own. As I delved deeper into the history of the forest, I realized that there were other spirits as well. Spirits of animals and trees, all of whom had been living in the forest long before humans had ever set foot on its soil. I began to understand that the forest was a sacred place, a place where spirits and nature lived in harmony. But even as I gained this understanding, the sightings of the Native American woman continued. She would appear to me at odd times, always watching me with her penetrating gaze. It was as though she was trying to tell me something, trying to communicate with me in a way that I couldn't understand. And then one day she disappeared. I searched the entire forest, but she was nowhere to be found. It was as though she had never existed in the first place. This actually happened to me when I was a fair bit younger, but a while back I was solo backpacking on an unfamiliar but really lush, kind of twisty little backcountry trail. I was using a lot of gear I had made from natural stuff, and it was early summer, so I didn't have any hunting licenses, and I didn't have a gun or anything with me. Literally just a short celt I had made and a couple flint knives. I'd had a really nice couple days of my trip, and I was encountering nothing but pleasant weather, peace and quiet, and nature in all its glory. Then, on the third day after I broke for lunch, I noticed movement on the trail behind me. I was carrying a lot of weight in a homemade triangle frame pack as a strength-building exercise, and I wasn't going all that fast. I thought at first it was a hiker, so I made a little effort to slow down to let them pass, but they never seemed to catch up. Eventually, that started to become irritating, and that was when I started to notice the movement just off the trail behind me. It was staying behind trees and bushes and around bends, and I couldn't make out what it was. Its silhouette was indistinct, and it was staying behind cover. Couldn't get a square look at it, but the more I looked at it, the more it looked wrong. The torso was weird, too long, no waist, and I couldn't make sense of the glimpses I got to the head. The legs were extremely spindly, and the arms were hunched up or something, or tended in front of it or something. This was mostly on clay, and trails can be hard-packed ground on clay. Almost drum-like, sometimes you can really hear the thump of a footstep. But these were just erratic and so loud. Like slamming a stick down onto the dirt. I called out to it a few times, let it know the time for jokes was over. Knock it off a few times. Whenever I spoke or yelled, it would just get quiet. Every once in a while, there would be a crashing sound from back around where I heard it and a bunch of the thumps. And I kept thinking it was charging me, but then nothing. And a while later, it here. It again from a ways back. This lasted the full rest of the day, and 
By the time I was breaking for camp, I was starting to be pretty freaked out and pissed off. It was quiet. While I set up my tarp and got settled and as dark fell, I threw some stones behind me, mostly to settle my nerves, and it was silent, so I figured whatever it was was over. When I cooked my food, I heard a few very rapid, very loud thumps from a ways behind me, and then silence. I was frozen over my dinner for a few seconds, and I could feel my heartbeat in my eyes. I looked back and put my flashlight beam through the bushes for a few moments, and then pretty high. Like taller than I was expecting to look for eyes, I saw two retinas reflect back up, and then a bunch of thumps and crashing and a weird gasping, whistling, breathing sound, but like it was going into a big space in a big chest, kind of high-pitched. From the distance, I heard kind of a gagging cough. I didn't get any sleep that night. I just sat with my back to a big tree and with means of defending myself in my lap. I was not feeling good in the morning, but coffee got me up and running, and I didn't see or hear any more sign of it for a few hours. I've been going west, kind of at an angle to the wind, and the trail I had to switch to started going north with the wind on my back. That was when I started to smell something awful, and I realized that I must be smelling it because it persisted no matter how long I walked. It was rancid, rotting flesh, or something equally gag-inducing, paired with a kind of musky stink. I got a strong sense of smell, very strong, and it was making it hard to breathe. Not too long after I smelled that, I had a trip to hear the rustling behind me again, and the weird, loud, faltering footsteps. I still had no idea what it was. I kept getting glimpses of it, but couldn't make out color or anything definite. Could have been gray or brown or patches of reddish-brown. Never got a clear enough look at it. I was really freaked out at this point, and I decided stupidly to charge at it a little to see if it would take off. I stomped and rushed the bushes a little, and I heard the rapid thumps and crashing again, and then silence again for a while. I am not ashamed to admit that it had freaked me out for long enough that I decided it was just time to put distance between me and it, and I took off down the trail at a fair jog, despite the weight of my pack. I got clear of the stink for a bit, and, well, I had run too hard, and my body decided it was a great time to vomit, so I did. I took a breather for a while, and then started to really drag ass to my next watering spot, a little brook, and it was no fun at all. It took me most of the day to get there, and I ended up skipping lunch because I didn't want to stop. I ended up deciding to set up camp closer to the water than I usually do. I was determined to get some sleep, but still freaked out, so I decided to do something I wouldn't normally, and I set my hammock up really, really high. Likes around four or five feet off the ground, with my feet a little lower than my body, so I could roll out and land on them. I ate my food as quickly as I could, and then climbed, best as I could, into my hammock and tried to be as still as I could. I started to doze off almost immediately. An important detail is that I keep my pack on another tree with my poncho over it, and my bear locker in a food bag even further away, hanging in a tree. It had been drizzling for a few hours at that point. I don't know how long I slept before I was woken up by this bizarre, plasticky drumming sound. Really, really loud. Paired with the bizarre thumping and weird breathing, and the stench was back big time. It took me a moment to come to, and then I was in full fight or flight. The noise was so weird. 
And had one of those little inflatable lanterns hanging off my hammock, so I flicked it on and I could kind of vaguely see around me, the bushes and stuff. As soon as the mite went on, the noises all stopped silence long enough for crickets to start up their bullshit again. Then rapid steps and the thing popped through the foliage into the little area. I had set up my tarp and hammock and I could see it more clearly for the first time. It was long torsoed and thin-legged and moved lurchingly. Weird too big head apparently pierced through with a branch or something and lolling. Arms apparently outstretched in front of it, and I could see its eyes reflecting back at me. Greenish-yellow. I got that much of a glance and dropped down to the grudge I had in my bare feet, with my hatchet in hand. When I looked back up, I finally recognized it. It was a mule-deer buck, covered in sores and dirt and skeletally thin, stumbling around on its hind legs and going from tree to tree, snapping at leaves. Or, uh, own thing that that weren't there. Its breathing was super ragged and weird, and its head was veedy floppy on its neck. And as it got closer to me, it fell down, making the crashing sound it had made before, and then struggled back up. When it noticed me, it froze, pissed a bunch, and then took off into the bushes. I would have laughed if I hadn't been so relieved and tired. I went to inspect my food bag, and it looked like I hadn't tied it well nor high enough as it was down leaning against the trunk of the tree, and it had had the ever-loving shit kicked out of it. There were bent and scuffed bits all over my bear locker. I figure it must have had CWD or something, but Christ did that nef with me. I marked a few spots with Eric's pushed into the mud so I could find the tracks in the morning, dried off, and slept for a few hours. I ended up searching around the place for a while in the morning, and it had already been muddy as I was putting up my shelter. Here's the thing. I found deer prints from where it had come in and left, but outside my clearing, from the direction I had heard it coming, I only found one print, a lot smaller than my feet. I'm size 11 and flat-footed, with a high arch and only three toes, and it was in deep, deeper than my prints. No other tracks that I could find. I caught the rotting meat smell a few more times on the way back. I was supposed to go two days further in and then turn errand, and I decided to just head back to my car. I actually heard the thumping as I was getting back to where I parked, and I ended up hustling the rest of the way. I haven't hiked on that trail since, if I'm being honest. Part 2. Part 2. I had a self-rescue I had to do in the Laramie Peak Range. I lost my gear and map and shelter in a windstorm. Took a few days to get out, had some deeply unpleasant experiences along the way. This isn't that story. It sucked ass, but not all that scary. I kept a cool head. Typically, that's who I am. I'm the person who stays calm in crisis, and I mention that to give you a litmus test for what it takes to freak me out, to make me lose my cool. This is about a time when I had all my gear, but I couldn't keep my cool. There are a lot of cool little trails in Colorado. Some well-known, some only locals know. There are mountains and forests for days out there. In 2013, we got torrential downpours in September along the eastern slope. It was squelchy as shit for a while, and then a glorious mushrooming boom happened. I love mushrooms. I love to forage. Take one, leave three and my absolute favorite is the Boletus ruberceps. The conditions weren't exactly right, but I thought, why not? I gave it a shot. 
I'm not saying where my spot is. Wild horses couldn't, etc. I will say I also have the native hazel there. Some actually fruiting manzanita, watermelon berry, twist stalk clasp leaf, currants, rosehips, raspberries, strawberries, and frequently oysters, morals, hawk's wings, puffballs, the big ones in one meadow, milky caps, chicken of the woods and chicken of the road, and the only chatterels are found in the region all in a glorious few acres. It's wonderful. I dispersed camp there. This is where I went. No brainer. Now it's fall. Even if it's somewhat early fall, so I know that Yogi and Boo Boo are going to be out stuffing it for the winter, so I've got my spray and my uncle's lever action, 44, Mag Henry. Girlfriend at the time was supposed to come with, but couldn't get off work, so solo it was. I figured I could practice some firecraft, maybe build a chair, maybe a smoker, and in general just have a nice few days out. Oh, I went up early in the morning, hiked about seven miles in, set up my shelter, set up to enjoy. The rare luxury of a real fire in Colorado later, and started to do my stuff. Set up a couple rods with bells, got out my baskets, and set up my dryer and its shelter far away from my sleeping tarp shelter. I was squelching around with my foraging gear out in a few minutes and having a blast. I marched happily along pretty much until dusk and then pulled out my headlamp and kept going well past I should have, but damn did I get a haul. It was an incredible spread and I left plenty for the woodland critters. I got back to my camp, started cleaning and drying, and probably didn't get to my dinner until one in the morning. I had caught two brook trout of reasonable size, gutted them, and let them hang in a bug net near the creek for the next day. Figured it was cold enough that they'd be okay. I got back to my little dinky tarp shelter around 3 a.m. and went inside, toweled off, and passed out. I awoke around 10 a.m. or so the next day, and the woods were silent. I mean, no birds, no bugs. Wind in the branches nearby brook gurgling, and that's it. Usually there's something. I decided to be cautious and go about my business. My camp was exactly as I had left it, except for two things. The first was there was a branch, about two feet long, thick as a wrist, laid against the tree my pack was tied to. It had been gnawed, like by a beaver, on both ends, which I have heard of, but have never seen before or since. It had no bark on it, but still was green wood. Had to have been left there, but to what end, I have no idea. Unsettling. Sure. Freaky? Not really. I wasn't scared. Actually, my first thought was I must have picked it up and forgotten about it, and I put it out of my mind and went to collect my fish, which hopefully were still there and weren't rotten or nasty yet. I got into sight of them, or rather, the bug net they were in. They were gone. Bug net was loose but intact. It's the drawstring bag-shaped kind, and empty, and both fish heads were still hanging in there, but the rest of the fish were gone. Okay, probably another person then. Someone has given me the Scooby-Doo treatment. I had a bunch of charcoal from the fire, and there was a nice big rock next to my fishing spot, so I scrawled on there if you're hungry. Come say hi and I'll share my meal with an arrow pointing roughly towards my camp. Grumpy more than unsettled now. 
I guess weird beaver branch is a trade from a fish. Whatever. I went to check on my drying shrooms and my berry cooler, and lo and behold, everything under the tarp is untouched. However, I hadn't swept out any of the debris beneath it. Why bother? Well, now there was no debris beneath my tarp. Just straight dirt and rocks. Weird again. I started looking more seriously for tracks and find nothing. Probably debris swept out from under my shelter was covering them. If it. Not here to play junior detective. I'm here to frolic in the woodlands and collect responsible amounts of treasured forageables, goddammit. I shake it off, go back to the creek to set my lines again, and I notice my bells are gone. Okay. I couldn't remember if they had been there that morning or not, so I assumed they were taken the previous night. I had only tied the rods to the tree after all. It was easy grabbing. I went back to my tarp, made some food and coffee, shook it off, and went about my business. Now hers the somewhat embarrassing thing. I know to make noise in the woods if bears can be around, and I like to sing. This isn't the same as singing well or singing manly shanties and Viking epic poems. This is, by and large, singing whatever had been playing on the speakers at my job. So Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Florence, and the Machine. Lord, you get the picture. Also, I'm a boss. Whatever. Don't judge me. Stuff is designed to be catchy. So... I went back on my rounds, and I found some fire morals or ash morals, which are a really rare treat. I was really excited. There are hundreds of them, and it's super late for them to show up. They're my favorite morals. I set about to collecting some and kept myself company by singing. All right. I was singing Bad Romance by one Stephanie Germanotta. I know. I got to the woo oh part. If you've heard it, you know it, when I heard what sounded like someone harmonizing. Like I said, I'm a bass, but this was higher, tenor or alto, and muted by distance a little. It was also completely and undeniably wrong. Scratchy, gravelly, almost buzzy, syllables weird and clipped and disjointed, and a little off-key and off-rhythm. Uncanny valley for sounds. I shut up immediately and froze, and it continued for a moment and then stopped. I was experiencing a little bit of what my friends always call pucker butt and started to slowly reach back behind for my Henry on its strap and I heard a single sudden yelp or bark or something, and then some rustling from somewhere uphill of me behind the tree line. I take a few breaths, assuming I'd freaked the other party out as much as they did me, and force myself to relax. I keep small binos on me, and I scanned the tree line, but I didn't see anything. I thought this is probably whoever took my fish, probably someone squatting out here. I'm gonna keep my head on a swivel some, but if they were gonna be a problem, I feel like they already would have confronted me or taken a pot shot or something. It also occurred to me, finally, that I could have just been hearing some weird echo. That thought gave me a little more peace and calm than I had a few minutes before, although it didn't explain the yelp, but normal animal activity does. Ooh, way rationalizing. I decide that that is enough morals, and I do not want to be drying them after dark, so I head back to camp and get to making that happen. Am I an idiot? Maybe. 
I uh, really didn't want to go home. I love wet weather. I've grown up in high deserts my whole life, and getting to really see some green that late in the year is such a treat. I wanted to stay, creepy bullshit be damned. I had had millments where my brain had tricked me before, and I talked myself into believing that it was happening again. I kept singing to myself more quietly than I was before. Says titanium. And it happens again. The weird, buzzy, higher voice joins in again from a distance. And again, I feel the bottom drop out of my stomach. I know this probably just sounds creepy because I thought I was alone, but it's hard to convey how off-sounding this was. It was fairly close to what I had been singing, but like it was coming up out of culvert or something, and a few octaves higher. Just as buzzy and clicky and hoarse-sounding. If you've ever heard a tornado or a parrot talking or squeaking brakes or a train whistle, you'll get a sense of the qualities this voice had. It's a pitch a human can emulate with their throat, but the texture and shape of the sound aren't really how we sound. Like that. I was not having it at all. I shut up immediately again, and this time got the Henry off my back and looked around me. I figured this had to be somebody messing with me. Not unheard of for good foraging spots. Look up the fights over huckleberry patches if you don't believe me. But definitely my first time. Again, the singing continued for a moment after I stopped, again from uphill and further in the woods, and definitely in a direction I hadn't gone yet. I called out, announced myself, and asked them to answer, please. Nothing. Tried again. Nothing. Silence again. And since I'm listening, I notice it again. Just wind in the trees and the creek. No animal noises. No bugs. My head had felt a little squeezy, so I decided I needed to check the weather when I was sure I wasn't going to get shot or something. Maybe a storm was rolling in. Bingo. I had headed over to a clearing, and for sure, storm was rolling in, as always hard to judge speed, but it wasn't a bad idea to see about reconfiguring my tarp and having an early bedtime. Again, a little more at peace, since I figure any more bullshit from my apparent neighbor is going to be less likely. I went back to my fishing rods, lucked out, and found I'd caught a bigger trout than the night before. I gutted it, cooked it, and ate it on the spot. Those of you in the know know it's hard to beat. I collected some water for the next day, packed up my foraging stuff, and lashed it all to the trunk, and decided to call it there before dusk was on its way in. I set up my tarp in a lower to the ground, more wind-resistant configuration, and set up a spare older one as a kind of rain fly over the entrance. It's worth noting that this was an old, lightweight, silver-colored nylon backpacking tarp, fairly thin set up facing the clearing, since likely the worst wind would be coming from there. It also pretty much blocked my view of the clearing. I did another Widowmaker check. All good made a hot cocoa and tucked in just as it was starting to come down. It came down hard. I had to put in some earplugs. Lightning was frequent and loud. And I didn't stay particularly dry and didn't get much sleep. It was, all in all, one of the most unpleasant and awe-inspiring oh, nights I had had camping. Somewhere in the middle of the night I thought I heard felt something bounce off my tarp kind of behind me. Well, not that weird. It happens in storms. Figured it was a branch. Then a few minutes later I see something, maybe a stone, 
about the size of a plum, bounce off of my tarp, off the rain, fly and land in front of me. I get my headlamp turned on and sure as shit, it's a rock. Rods, but not symmetrical or spherical and smooth. A river rock. Rocks don't fall off trees as a rule, and if this storm had picked one this round up, I should have been airborne. Then another one a few minutes later, similar trajectory. Then nothing but the storm for a while. Investigate and get soaked. I had my gun as shit was gonna go down. I was about as ready as I could be. I turned my headlamp back off. I then got treated to pretty much the most awe-inspiring amount of lightning I've ever seen in my life. The sky is lit up for seconds at a time. The earplugs were not protecting me from the thunder, and my ears are ringing. I keep seeing the trees from the edge of the tree line and the clearing projected in shadow form. On to my rain fly over and over again, dancing this way and that. It was really beautiful and, if kind of inherently scary, also exhilarating. I really couldn't look away. Then, pretty clearly, I saw what looked like a person walking along the tree line outlined against the trees and my rain fly by the lightning. They were walking weirdly, not running from cover to cover, but just kind of strolling a little unsteadily like a drunk person. The silhouette wasn't bulky, and for some reason I got the impression they weren't wearing clothes or... If they were, it was very, very tight. Not like rain gear. They stopped, and whether or not they were facing me or the clearing, I couldn't tell you. But I felt watched and very exposed. The figure stood, swaying a little, probably being pushed around by the winds, and just looked at whatever they were looking at. I got little glimpses here and there as the lightning flashed, but they didn't appear to be moving much. It was pretty freaky, and uh, I didn't move except to get my gun in front of me. Then I had another rock land on my tarp, bounce off and land in front of me. That was a bad moment. Lightning had stopped for a bit, and the thunder had died down for a moment. I had horrible, slow realization that I was very likely surrounded. Then I heard, cutting through the ringing in my ears and momentary silence, clear as it had been earlier but sounding much closer. The chorus from Titanium from behind my tarp. If you don't know the words, here they are. I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose. Fire away. Fire away. Ricochet, you take your aim. Fire away. Fire away. Then nothing. I looked back towards the front and realized I didn't see that figure projected by the lightning anymore, now that there was a lull in the lightning. And I remember thinking, shit, 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 just over and over again. I basically was going to have to crawl out of my tarp to get on my feet. And there was pretty much no way I was going to stay in my shelter anymore. I counted down from ten and then pushed myself out and got to my feet. Henry and Ann and let out the loudest yell I could. I think I said something like, Knock it off. I'm F off. I was not in a good headspace. I was about as freaked out as I had ever been up to this point. And this was not all that long after the deer thing I mentioned in my other post. I was about ready to shit myself. I looked around the back of my tent with my light and didn't see anything. Nobody. Just rain pissing down. I walked around the front of my tarp. Nobody. I could clearly see in the clearing until my light got swallowed up by the rain. I walked around the edge of my little camp sticking close to my tarps and I didn't see anybody. I wish I could say I checked out the tree line for footsteps, but I didn't. 
I tried to yell again, and my voice was completely in my throat. Another rock hit my shelter and bounced off squarely in the cone of my headlamp. And I won't lie to you all. Oh, I lost it. I fired my Henry into the dirt about ten feet in front of me, and I heard some immediate rustling in the woods, uphill from me again. I yelled, I owe me dumb panicked bullshit, and though left me if I know why, I had ducked into my tarp again, wrapped up as much as I could, and huddled up with my gun. Eventually the storm broke, followed by dawn, and I got up to pack up my shit and get out of there. I was pretty shaky, and it took me a while to get my various gear all in hand and brought up to my shelter. I took a few moments to gather up the round river stones, and I noted I didn't see any likewise this evening in the creek, and definitely none sitting around the ground. The debris is too thick. My shelter was the farthest back thing in the woods of the various stations around the camp, except for my pack, which had a garbage bag over it. When I went around back the tarp to grab it, there were two more little sections of sapling green wood, chewed-looking ends, barked stripped again, just like before, leaning against the trunk below it. Nope, not okay. It took me a second to go get my pack. I was that freaked out that I was now afraid of sticks. One my first night and two the second. Nope, that. I finally got my self under control and went to grab my pack and again... I had a powerful sense of being watched. I shook off the cover, packed it in cued dry bag, and turned Aoran to get my stakes out of the ground and pick up my tarp. There was a whole ripped open dead rabbit on the back edge of my tarp. The rain had washed off any blood that would have been on it, but the carcass was just splayed out there like it had landed on it after being thrown and then slid down the slope of it. It was fresh enough it didn't stink, and the digestive tract hadn't been punctured. I was instantly and totally numb, mental dial tone. I picked it up with a stick, dropped it on my swamped. Out fire pit, yanked my tarp out of the ground one stake at a time. Balled it up, yanked my rain fly out of its lashings hard enough to rip it. Grabbed the rest of my shit, loosely shoved it all in my pack, put my Henry so it hung in front of me in power walkies, jogged my way out of there until I couldn't anymore and breathlessly walked the rest of the way to my car. I got in, drove about twenty minutes, and then had to pull over to throw up a few times and have a panic attack. I have never been back there alone, and definitely not unarmed. Even then, I only went back in 2017. I still can't listen to that song without feeling sick. I know, rationally, that it was probably squatters or somebody up there messing with me, but the same question keeps coming up. Why didn't they need lights? Smelled a strong ammonia and burning match smell out in the state forest. Made my dog sneeze. I walked up on it and found the blue tarp encampment guarded by at least one guy with a rifle. As I'm looking at him, he looks right at me but clearly didn't see me through the tree cover because I was at most 100 yards away. Dropped a pin on my phone, cut back around off trail to the other side, dropped another pin. When I got home, I sent the location to the sheriff's department. They made no arrests, but they seized the meth lab. 